Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Starting any new job or position comes with its opportunities and challenges. And today on the podcast, pleased to be joined by Joe Zatilny, the new fire chief for the Edmonton Fire Department, City of Edmonton. Joe, welcome. Thank you for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Tell us a bit first off, I mean, about yourself. Who is who is Joe and, and where where did you come from? How did you find your way into this crazy and 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 uh, <laughs> this crazy world <laughs> called fire? Well, if you asked me uh, 30 years ago, would you be a fire chief of a major metro uh, city? I, I would have I would have asked if, uh, you know, were you crazy? Because uh, I was uh, literally a, a farm kid in small town Saskatchewan and, uh, you know, always wanted to do something mean- meaningful and uh, look uh, to be in a job that required uh, some physical demand because that's what I knew uh, to be well on the farm. And, uh, you know, remember in, in a young age looking, well, it'd be great to be a firefighter one day and went to school uh, right out of high school for my uh, EMT and worked in the EMS field for about five years and was uh, fortunate to get on uh, Prince Albert Fire Department in the late 90s, uh, where I started as a career firefighter and uh, moved my way uh, up to uh, uh, the opportunity to be a deputy fire chief um, for the last five years that I was there. And uh, in 2013, uh, an opportunity came open where um, they were hiring an assistant deputy chief in Calgary, and uh, I was uh, successful in that competition. And then uh, shortly after that, uh, there were some uh, leadership changes, and I was promoted to deputy chief for the last five years. So I had a, a great opportunity to to work under uh, many different styles of, of leadership and, and to see a variety of departments and, and how they operate. And, um, you know, really, uh, I, I guess the, the thing that, I, that has been consistent throughout is the, the people are incredible in this service. And whether it's in uh, a smaller city in Saskatchewan or a major center like uh, like Edmonton here, just incredible people join this service and, and devote their lives to, to serving citizens. And um, in June, I was uh, uh, fortunate again to uh, become the, the next fire chief in Edmonton. And uh, I can tell you, it's just an, an incredible department. Um, the people make it that way. So I'm, uh, I always consider myself fortunate to get to these positions. And, uh, this is, uh, this is one of them. A person moving from Calgary to Edmonton, is there some controversy around that at all? <laughs> well, well, one of the first questions they ask is, are you an Oilers fan? And, uh, you know, I, I can, I can honestly say which, you know, um, Edmonton, uh, Oilers have, have always been in the blood of my family. And, uh, you know, one of the highlights for my uh, my family was coming to the, the the run at Game Six where they were playing Carolina, and just uh, um, being in that atmosphere in that game is uh, memories I'll have with uh, me and my family forever. So um, it was it's a nice nice welcome, a great addition, and uh, you know, hopefully we see more hockey here soon. You're not the uh, player to be named later in the Lucic trade, I take it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's, there's, uh, my, my talent never extended, uh, far in that realm, but, 
no, it's, uh, but I mean, fitness and wellness, um, you know, across the board is so important in, in the service. So, and that starts with leadership for sure. I want to talk a, a bit about, and I shouldn't assume that everyone knows about the city of Edmonton, of course, Northern Alberta, you know, you mentioned the Oilers, we know, we know certain things about it, but, but tell us if, if, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a part of Canada, I don't know where Edmonton is, or I've never been before. Tell us a bit about your city. So, um, you know, Edmonton, uh, the capital city of Alberta is, um, you know, located a bit in the center of the province, a little bit north. And, and so, um, you know, there's almost a million people and, uh, as a department, you know, we, we operate out of, uh, 30 stations and, uh, we, we have a staff around, uh, 1250, uh, give or take as, as retirements and, and influx happens, um, to support the citizens in a variety of services. And so, um, you know, international airport uh, to reach, it's it's quite a destination. And I would say it's one of those places that is just gets shadowed by, you know, the 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 mountains and the Banffs and, and all of that. But when you come here, um, the the parks and walkways and the festivals and the, you know, which which aren't on now, but um, there, it's it's just an incredible multicultural city uh, to visit, and there's so much to do, and 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 it's family oriented and uh, just a, a great place to be. So tell us about the fire department and uh, the people you have, the numbers, and uh, speak to the you know the call volumes and some of the risks that you have to face in 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 Edmonton particularly. So, um, and, and thank you. And, uh, you know, right, right off the bat, uh, this is a department that uh, has about 60,000 calls a year. And um, like many of the, the services, you know, our fire suppression events are, are roughly around that 3,500. Um, we'll have about 1,500 uh, structural fire events, um, 2,000 uh, non-structural fire events. And a big portion of our, our, our business is that uh, around 38,000 uh, medical calls that we, we attend and we support the ambulance agencies, uh, AHS, to, to be able to deliver that work. And then, you know, from there, we 1,800 rescue events. Uh, we do about 10,000 uh, alarms a year and uh, a few thousand service requests. And, you know, on top of it, um, you, you know, that includes the, the dangerous goods events as well, which which makes up the majority of the, the calls that we go to. But like like we all know, when people don't know who to call, they call the fire department. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, try to prepare our staff to, to be able to meet uh, all the needs of citizens when it comes to emergencies. Well, honestly, I mean, I'm from that, I'm from the 85% of the fire service, you know, that volunteer fire service, although I'm a career Mm -hmm. chief, uh, I continue to be amazed at what the 15% does every day. Uh, I mean, it is, it is unreal. Some of the things that you talk to the, the Metro chiefs uh, like yourself that say, and and it's still, it's mind boggling to, to think about how many calls that you're, you know, you're responding to every, every day. You started in June. Now, as you said, uh, not too long ago. Do you have a level of expectation until you actually own this position or are you in <laughs> feet, feet down the floor and you're running? I, I think like um, the, the the best way I've, I've looked at this is in one sense, I have big shoes to fill. In another sense, I have uh, my own shoes to fill. You know, as, as I've had the opportunity to see 
many chiefs sort of step in um, and, and, and times have always been changing for chiefs that uh, it's no different here. And looking at, you know, what are some of the impacts, the long term impacts to COVID, the economy, uh, the implications to the to the tax base and citizens um, right, right down to, you know, how are we? Um, meeting citizen needs and integrating into the community and and what are our initiatives that bring us closer to reflecting the community in our ranks, which is um, one of the one of the high priority areas for myself as well. You know, j- jumping in and and uh, in, into a bit of, bit of a dynamic situation that's been occurring over the last uh, eight weeks. Right now, I think it's getting a lay of the land and, and, and learning and listening to, to staff, what's important to them, getting out to the, the stations and, and our communication center and our, 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 uh, the people behind the doors that are just making sure that trucks and, and, and staff can get out with the right equipment and, and the right uh, technology. Getting the, the lay of the land from them, as well as um, my elected officials and uh, working closely and, and, and learning uh, with the association. There's getting a, a wide perspective of all these different areas so that as I lay the groundwork going forward and we look at integrating into a modern municipal corporation and um, aligning with my priorities for this service, and connecting to the community, which is such so incredibly important, um, that that we're aligned and we're we're taking our best foot forward uh, in this new direction. One can only imagine starting a new position and one as important as the uh, fire chief uh, of a large metropolitan area coming into this position during a pandemic. I mean, challenge uh, or <laughs> or opportunity. What what do you see with that? I think it's a bit of both, and. Um, you know, one thing that's been occurring quite strongly is the importance of listening and communicating. And uh, one of the first things that uh, I did coming in was trying to try to create more opportunities for that to happen and open the channels. You know, it, it, being able to get out to a station, but also making sure that I'm distanced from everybody and that we're, you know, we, we shaking hands. If, if any accidental shaking hands occurs, which it's very difficult not to, that we're uh, decontaminating right away and making sure it's all, uh, um, you know, we're not contributing to the spread. It, it's been definitely a challenge and, you know, meeting all of your peers and, and uh, um, other coworkers in the organization uh, virtually instead of uh, face-to-face, you know, that, that team connection is is a bit of a challenge but i can tell you it's also there's there's been a lot of opportunity to be able to quickly reach out to people you know it's the topic of conversation so right off the bat uh, you know you can have a good conversation with staff and are are do they feel protected do they feel we're doing enough how are they uh, coping with it on the job end and at home you know, it's a it, it's an opportunity for a conversation starter for sure. Pandemics aside, and you know, trying to be, uh, I guess, normal operations at some point, or trying to come into a fire department and and see what programs are operating uh, successfully, and some that you see an opportunity to change. Now, I know you've done done some different things around uh, around recruitment and and other things. Tell us about some of the initiatives that uh, that you've got on your on your plate, or I guess on your agenda. First and foremost, um, you know, the, the, the safety and, and providing safe, effective service to citizens, you know, that, that's going to continue to be our top priority. 
when, when you're looking at uh, diversity and recruitment and inclusion across the fire department, you know, it's, it's very evident to me that the, the lines uh, the, on the front lines, gender and visible diversity representation is quite low. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, we, we have incredible people. And it's not about, you know, that we have the wrong people. It's about adding to that talent pool. And I think that's something that, you know, gets gets a bit missed in all the, the, the conversations that, you know, we want to be able to reach the wide diversity of talent that's out there that other cultures, other uh, genders, other people in, 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 the, in the city or in, in our country internationally, that they can offer and bring to this organization. And we can add that talent to the service we provide to citizens every day. And I, I think um, having a close examination of, you know, what we're doing and what are some of the best practices that are out there and how can we adopt those practices so that we can be successful in those areas is is you know the key key to our success moving forward and it it's it's not about that that we have the wrong people and it is still a competitive difficult job but it's attracting and 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 getting that net out there so we can we we can have a larger pool to to choose from for those uh the the quality people that we have in the organization are you making any changes to to recruitment, uh, for example, in Edmonton, and maybe again because of pandemic, or just in spite of the fact that you're new to the position? I I, I can see uh, some changes uh, on the horizon, just with some of the pre- preliminary reports, um, as, as there's a review being done currently uh, on our whole uh, process. And so, you know, what what we do want to make sure is that. You know, we're not creating any parts of the process that uh, are subject to, to 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 bias or that may have uh, barriers to certain uh, demographics or um, cultures. You know, everybody has the same opportunity to to get in the door, and so you know, part of this review is looking at all of those pieces and ensuring that that we're meeting that, but also. You know, there's some best practices that are out there that some departments are are, are successful um, or more successful than we are. And so I think uh, we need to look at that and and bring some of those best practices into this department. So I can definitely, you know, just on that point, see that we, we need to evolve what we're currently doing. You've uh, seen a lot in the fire service in terms of the time and the years you've uh, spent so far. And I want to talk a bit about mental wellness and more focus over the years continues to be put on this uh, this topic. And it, are we heading in the right direction and what needs to be done? I, I think uh, absolutely we are. And, you know, five years ago, the conversation about somebody talking about going through, you know, treatment, uh, related to mental health, and the conversation today is completely different in my mind. And just from what I've seen, and and, and 20 years in the, uh, ago in the fire service, you know that conversation just didn't happen at at the table. And so, you know, I think as as we continue to go down this road and we we reduce the stigma around it, we we educate, we find new ways to get access to to treatment that's that's meaningful and productive to our to our firefighters. And we we also look at um, removing barriers and and issues around around cost. 
that um, allows our people to, to get to that place where they've done their time in the service, they've, they've given everything to the community, now they can enjoy the rest of their, their life. And I think that's, um, we're, we're definitely down the, the right road uh, to make that happen. What other priorities would you see as stuff that needs to be done short-term and certainly long-term in your new department? When we look at that that early access piece, just just around mental health, and you know, I've I've been fortunate. There's a great foundation that I'm working off of, and and the talent that the, the people here are are dedicated and devoted to being uh, giving everything they can to to make sure that our staff can get out the doors and deliver that that amazing service to our citizens. Um, I, I I've got a great launching point to to go from. I think there's still, you know, work to move down uh, the road on, you know, how we're identifying the um, the stressors and the programming that needs to go in place to to support uh, firefighters on the front line and 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 not just them. I would I would uh, put forward that you know our 911 operators and, and uh, communications um, team you know, the amount of uh, stress and support that, that they need um, is is something that needs to be uh, tied into that. So how we're, we're educating, um, how we continue to reduce the stigma, how we how we create more avenues for uh, opportunities that they can get into uh, uh, treatment that's going to be uh, effective and, and reduce the chance of PTSD in, in, in throughout this, uh, career, these careers, I think is, is, is something we need to continue to push forward on. You talk um, about the, fu- the future in your department. Uh, what about the future of the fire service? I mean, there are some uh, of us out there that uh, are fearful of, of where we will be 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road, despite uh, mental wellness, despite pandemics, all those kind of things. Just in my short time in the fire service, it's been dynamic and ever changing, and and I I think sometimes the fire service doesn't get credit for changing either when it actually does constantly change. And there's large leaps around safety. Um, we're taking large leaps around mental health, and you know we're going to continue to take large leaps. And um, I know uh, you know one of the the pieces on my horizon is. How does the fire department become uh, a modern municipal uh, corporate uh, partner? And and so how do we align, you know, our strategies and initiatives with other initiatives that are happening across the city? And and how do we all work together so that we're providing the 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 best community for our citizens and and the best services for them at the end of the day, recognizing that all of us are in, you know, challenging times. Um, budgets are always under scrutiny, or there's there's new waves of challenges around budgets, and and we're trying to adapt and evolve uh, to to meet all of those. So I think that's a that that's a piece that uh, I, I've got my eye on as as we move forward, so that we're 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 in the best position to to meet those challenges and evolve. Am I am I wrong in saying that back to that 15% of the fire service is more like a business than the other 85% really is? Am I correct? Yeah. I I think <laughs> My experience has been, and, and uh, you know, we, we both know chiefs that are um, working for, you know, smaller sized uh, municipalities to uh, to larger. And, you know, there's different priorities um, throughout and different pressures. And so, 
you know, I, I can say for, for myself and being in a senior leadership position the last 15 years in, in the fire service that, you know, if, if you don't have that business acumen, you're not uh, looking at the return on investment, um, considering uh, all the different um, pressures that uh, the fire department faces, that you know you're you're in a, a poor position to run to run your business or run your organization, and I, I think personally doing a, a, a disservice to um, your staff because um, they they need to be ready for change. The communication uh, needs to be there. They need to be engaged, supported, and um, all of that is just uh, I, th- I think strong uh, good business practice and. I, I don't know if those pressures actually change as as you go to smaller municipalities, um, mm-hmm. and and it hasn't been hasn't been my experience. And there's some incredible talented people in those. You know, they're facing uh, recruitment and retention, and 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 different challenges that that than what we uh, face in in the in the larger centers, but still still require a lot um, that leadership and business acumen. Having said that, with a lot of change coming in the fire service in terms of, you know, chiefs uh, moving on and chiefs moving up or people moving into those positions, what advice could you offer to to the future fire chief or those that might think to make that big move to a metro department or make that application? What kind of advice could you give? I've always been one that looked to what's what's emerging and what do I need to be educated on to to give the best back to my my people. And over the last few years, I didn't have the opportunity to directly um, work with somebody or have somebody report to me that was specialized in diversity inclusion, but I sure had access to them and, and tried to maximize that opportunity to, you know, what can I be doing better in my portfolio or in my uh, my division where I creating a more inclusive environment you know, I'm, I'm uh, I, I, there, there's, there's value equality. There's um, my, my staff feel uh, more welcomed and, and part of the team. And, you know, all that stuff that, you know, didn't learn in, in the fire service that I'm, I'm, I'm taking uh, traditionally and, and that I'm taking in uh, through different means. And I think, you know, future chiefs, uh, they need they need to be looking at all of those pieces and how they can better educate themselves, because those those are continuing to evolve um, th- those areas. And you know, we need to. Th- there's people that are doing incredible work out there, and we need to learn from each other, and and um, find those specialists so that they can help us as leaders and 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 our cultures continue to be to grow and and uh, meet the needs of our citizens. I was I was training in you know officer training 21 years ago in a classroom in in New Westminster where they told me and this resonated with me for a long time and still to this day does that that when you're going to be the fire chief they said no longer or, or I should say gone is the day that you're the fire chief just because you're the oldest on the crew and it's your time yeah isn't that something <laughs> which is true which is true <laughs> yes. right because again yes. it used to be that it's your turn you work your way up and just because it's your turn to step up and and then that was how I was I was coming from a volunteer uh position into a brand new fire chief position in a small community so again it, it resonated with me just because you were next in line is not uh, the reason to be the fire chief and I thought wow anyone can do this so to speak and if you are the right person then you're the right person that should do the job I I, I would echo that 
you're introducing uh, conflict resolution and leadership training and um, inclusion training, cultural training, uh, all types of awareness training outside of the, the fire uh, tactical um, command and skills, which is still incredibly important. And we've identified that all of these other skills are needed just you know, to be the, the leader in the station. So when you when you take that and you start escalating it to, to other levels, um, it becomes that much more uh, imperative that that we have well-rounded people um, going into those positions. And those opportunities don't always exist for those coming up through the ranks or, or spend, spend their entire time in, in one portfolio. And some of the advice I had uh, early on that I, I think is important is, you know, don't wait for others to tell you what success looks like, um, define it and go out and and, ma and make your own success uh, through learning and, and being successful in your position where you are today. And we'll leave it at that. Thank you, Fire Chief Joe Zatilny uh, from Edmonton. Uh, thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support and save lives firefighting equipment you can trust. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.